Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. God will bless godly order, just like how Oxa was blessed for her godly order. And so now Oxa has springs. She has, has springs of water. She has water to raise a family on. And the land that she originally had, as it says, she wanted springs, right? The land she originally had was barren. It was dry. But now she has life, abundant life, because now she has water. Now, she can raise her family on this and, and have animals, gardens, and all that. Now she has abundant life. Now, thinking about this just for a minute. Let's consider something. Don't you think that Caleb already knew about the dryness of the South? I mean, Caleb knows this land. (laughs) He's already surveyed this land in the past. Caleb was, when Israel first got to the promised land and and Moses sent the spies in, Caleb was one of those spies. They went in and surveyed everything out. They checked everything out for 40 days and they came back and Caleb was the only one that said, we can take it. We can take this land. We can do it. And everybody else goes, oh, no, 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 we can't. We can't. Caleb and Joshua, they they were good guys. They were stand-up guys. And Caleb tried to tell everybody, we can do this. And everybody else said no. And because they doubted God, they ended up serving one year for every day that the spies spied out the land. They spied it out for 40 days. They ended up lost for 40 years, lost in the wilderness, in the desert. So Caleb knows this land. So being that he's already surveyed it and he's already taken notes down, he knows what's in there. I got to ask you a question real quick. Doesn't he know that the dryness of the South is down there, down there in the South, the land he gave Oxa? Doesn't he know it's dry? He should. He does. He does know. He knows the land. What is going on here? What's going on here? Caleb, you're supposed to know this. Well, of course he does. If you were to ask Caleb, don't you know that land down there South? Why'd you give that to her? He'd say, I know it's dry. I know. Let me, let me, let me show you something else real quick so we can figure out why this is happening maybe like this. Matthew 6 and 8, it says, your father, knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Did you know that? The father knows what you need before you even ask. So let's think about this for a minute. If Caleb already knew that the Southland was dry, why wait for Oxa to come and ask? Why wait for that? You know what it was? I think it was set up like this by Caleb so that Oxa would come and ask. This is dad here. He knows what's going on. He knows the land is dry. He knows it. But he wants his child to come to him. Do you hear me? He wants his child. He wants Oxa to come and ask. You know why? This promotes relationship. It promotes love. It stirs love up. Caleb already knew what Oxa needed, but it demonstrated. It was an opportunity for Oxa to demonstrate her love for her dad and her trust for her dad, that he is a good provider and that she came to him. It demonstrated that she knows Daddy Caleb has the answer. Now, a lot of people live their lives like God doesn't have any answers. 
They live their lives like, well, God can't do this, so that's why I'm doing it. And they will tire themselves out to no end. They will strain themselves to the very end, think, uh, trying to they burn themselves out because they just won't come to God. They won't come and ask him. That demonstrates you don't really think God can do it, that you don't think God can take care of your matters, that you have to do it yourself. You remember the verse, right, where he wants you to come and present your request to him? So, again, Caleb knows that the Southland was dry, so why did he give her that? Maybe it was to get her to come and request more. You ever think maybe God puts you in that situation, that he lets you strain a little bit? You remember uh, Jesus... um, Watch the disciples out on the on the sea. They were straining at the oars in the in the storm. Jesus could have gone out there a long time ago. He, they strained and strained all night, and they barely got anywhere. They couldn't row, and Jesus just sat there and watched him. You read that passage. He just watched them. Why didn't he just fly out there real quick like Superman would have right immediately and, and saved the day? Why did he let them strain for a while? Because sometimes God wants you to discover that you're not enough, and he is. You're not enough, but he is. I think Caleb knew the Southland was dry, and it demonstrated a good character, a good, loving, trusting character that Daddy Caleb is a good provider by her coming to him and saying, can I also have springs? And he gave her springs. You know, friend, you may be in a situation where you don't really trust God, and it's maybe time you come to him and ask and stop thinking you've got it all figured out. Think of it. Your way ain't fixed it yet. It hasn't for years, and it ain't never going to. You may keep thinking, well, I've almost got it. I've almost got it. Well, how come you've been saying I've almost got it for so long? You're never going to get it. You're deceived. Give it up to the Lord God. Realize that Father God, he's got the answer. And come and ask him. Come and ask him. There's too many people. They never, ever come to God and ask. Don't be one of them. Jesus said in John 7 and 37, he says, if anyone thirsts, imagine this is about water. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But he spoke this concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. So Aksa, her original inheritance was barren and waste. But because she asked, hello, guys, listen real close right here. Don't don't wander. (laughs) Because she asked, she received springs of water. Now, yours and mine, our original inheritance that we originally had in front of us, our original fate was barren and waste. It was dry because as sinners, our fate was death. We had nowhere to go to. It was going to be our end. But if you would just ask, ask him, then you can receive the living water, the spring, so to speak, the river, the living water of the Holy Spirit. If you are an unbeliever, then God already knows what you need. He already knows. He needs you. You need to be saved, but he knows what you need. But he's waiting on you to come to him. He's waiting on you to demonstrate through your acknowledgement in coming to him like Oxa did going to Caleb, that you recognize that God has the answer to your problem. Come to him. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask, and he will give you the indwelling Holy Spirit of promise, the water. Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. (laughs) That's so good. You ask, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, come and dwell and help me. And he will. You'll get that water of the Holy Spirit. You'll never thirst again. And so I just really love the story about 
Othniel and Aksha, how a husband and a wife function together in a godly marriage. And did you know that as believers of Jesus, we are the bride of Christ? Did you know that? Believers, if you profess Jesus, you gave your life to him as Lord and he's your savior. Did you know that you're the bride of Christ, all of us together? Second Corinthians 11 and 2 so says, so I, for I have betrothed you, which means engaged. I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And so you think of it in physical terms, you've got a husband and wife situation, but in spiritual terms, spiritually, God is our husband. Spiritually, he's our husband. The way our order works in our, or, our spiritual order. Revelation 19 says that there's going to be the marriage of the Lamb when Jesus and all those who believed in him are going to be, uh, they're going to be actualized in their union with Jesus Christ. And so just like how Aksa went through her husband, and guys, we're going to, we have a husband and there's a wedding day coming. It's very good. If you're a believer, here comes the wedding day. It's, it's, it's getting here. But just like how Aksa went through her husband to approach her father, she didn't bypass him. Aksa went through Othniel, her husband, to approach her father for a blessed inheritance. So also we must be in the same godly order, same order. You cannot ask nor receive the blessing of Father God if you refuse to submit to your husband. You cannot bypass Jesus out of the picture. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friend, you can't get to the Father if you bypass your husband. You cannot get to the Father. You can't come to request anything of Him if you're going to bypass Jesus out of the way. Jesus says you can only come to the Father through Him. He's the only way. Oh, no, Ray, there's a hundred different ways to go to Mexico. You know, if I want to go to Mexico, I can take I-10, I can take this highway, I can take that highway. That's not the same thing, guys. You're, You're trying to stretch something out that doesn't pertain. It's not the same. There's only one way to the Father, and you can't be good enough. So go ahead and strike that out. You already found out your best doesn't cut it anyway. The only way to get through to the Father is through Jesus Christ. And this story of Caleb, Othniel, and Aksa, it gives us a clear illustration of godly order and relationship and blessing. How the relationship works between you, Jesus, and God the Father in godly order. And God set up marriage just how it is, just how it says in his word, not to stir up the selfishness of political correctness. But it's set up like that so that we can have the opportunity to represent the gospel of Jesus Christ through our marriage. You can use your marriage. You ever wanted a ministry? You ever, oh, I wish I had a ministry. I wish I could do something. Here's your ministry. If you're married and if you're single, you can also demonstrate godly love through being single, but specifically through marriage in particular. You can use your marriage, your relationship with your spouse to show the world who God is and how it works. Husbands, give yourself. Sacrifice yourself for your wife. Wife, submit yourself to your husband. That's how the love works. Godly order. Okay? And one final thing about Aksa. When she asked for the springs, Caleb didn't say, yeah, I'll give it to you, but you got to go out and work for it. He didn't say that, did he? She didn't have to go work for it. She didn't have to go earn it. She didn't have to go earn the springs. She didn't have to dig them up. She didn't have none of that. It says Caleb gave it to her. He gave it to her. She she was given it. 
she got it as a wedding gift of sorts, I guess you could say. She did not have to work for it. She did not have to earn the springs. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's a gift, guys. Salvation is a gift. You don't have to earn it. (laughs) But you do have to ask for it. And to ask for it, you need to be in godly order. You can't get salvation selfishly. You have to get it lovingly. You have to get it coming to God as though you recognize God's got the answer I never had. Jesus has the way that I'll never find. He's the way to the Father. And you get in that godly order. You can ask God, Lord God, give me your grace. I ask by faith, Lord God, give me your, oh, Lord God, save me. I want the, 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 those rivers of water of the Holy Spirit of promise. I want that Holy Spirit indwelling me. For by grace you've been saved and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. He wants to give you a wedding present. <laughs> Take it. But you got to be his. You got to be his in good order. That's good stuff. Caleb did not tell Aksa. Yeah, you can have the springs, but you need to earn it. It says in verse 19, he gave her, gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Friends, all you got to do is ask. Come and ask. God offers you the living water of the Holy Spirit for absolutely free, but you can only get it through your spiritual husband, Jesus Christ. So I'm thinking about that waitress again that was talking to me. I don't want my husband tracking me and knowing what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, friends, I want Jesus tracking my life. I want him on top of what I'm doing. I want him to go with me everywhere, wherever I'm at. And it's not about control. Like the waitress put it, oh, I can't believe you're tracking her. I wouldn't have it. It's not about control. It's about protection. It's about love. It's about accountability. As I said, one time Anna, my wife, was headed somewhere and she made a wrong turn, but I saw it on the map while I was tracking. I saw it on the map on the little tracker thing in the phone, and I was able to tell her, hey, you made a wrong turn. You're going the wrong way. Turn around and come back this way. You know, whenever I make a wrong turn in life, anytime I fall off into sin, I want the Lord to tell me, hey, Ray, you made a wrong turn. Repent. Turn around. You're going the wrong way. People hate that word repent. They hate it. Why? It's for your help. It's for your gain. It's for your benefit. It's the Lord saying, hey, you made a wrong turn. You need to come back this way. And it's a good thing. You know, we should demonstrate the gospel of Jesus through our marriages. Wives submitting to their husbands is not about control or superiority. Husbands giving love to their wives and giving themselves for her does not make you less less masculine. Can you imagine it? Hey, come on, Ray, let's come on. All us guys are going to go out and we're going to blah, blah, blah. No, I'm going to stay home with the wife. You, you know, you hear the tone, guys. You feel less like a man. Hey, guys, you, st- you stand up for your wife. You are more a man. That makes you more a man because you're doing what God says a man is. Give yourself for your wife and she will submit to you. Wives. Submit to your husbands and they will love you and give themselves to you. That's how it works. But if one of you is not doing it, don't expect, how do you expect the other one to? I'm just glad Jesus gave himself up for me even before I was loving him. Because the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He gave himself for us before we would even submit to him. How good is that? That's our God. And so we should demonstrate the gospel of Jesus through marriage. It's godly order. 
and it's about love and protection for one another. Jesus loves me, and I love Jesus. And for the relationship to work, there has to be godly order so that the blessing can then flow in behind that, through that order. Don't let God's order get you all in an uproar. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like God's order. Hey, it's not about you. It's about others. And it's about glorifying God. First of all, godly order is about doing it the way God said to, because that's his way. And also, it's about showing the lost out there how salvation works, what salvation looks like, what godly order looks like, by using our marriages as an illustration. Now, Othniel, oh, he just loved Oxa. And so he fought the enemy, and he won the victory for his bride, so that he could love her intimately. See, before that, he couldn't love her intimately like that, because she wasn't his bride yet. He loved her, and so he, he went out and won the victory so that he could love her intimately. You know what? Jesus loves you. And so he fought down the enemy, and he won the victory at the cross, gaining us as his bride so that he can love us intimately. Jesus fought and took sin down. He took sin kicking and screaming down into the grave, and he buried it, killing it. Upon himself, he took it on the cross because he wants to love you intimately. He doesn't want to love you at a distance. He wants you to come to him and request and ask and demonstrate a godly order love, a personal love, just like Oxa had with Caleb. He wants to love you intimately. He wants to give to you intimately. That's the kind of God he is. Our original inheritance was dead, barren, and dry. But through our husband Jesus, we can ask the Father for a better inheritance. Springs of water, the living water of the Holy Spirit of promise. So never forget the story of Othniel and Oxa. Such a small story, it's so easy to miss. It wasn't but a few verses. (laughs) I'd like to ask that if you're married, will you dedicate your marriage to displaying the gospel in your union? If you're single, also or married, either way, also, will you dedicate your life in godly order to demonstrate the gospel through how you handle relationships with other people? By loving them, even if they're not loving you back, love them and give of yourself as you esteem others better than you are. It's a great and godly way to live. So thank you all for hearing me out on this Joshua 15. We still got some more uh, stuff to go through, but um, we'll we'll get done. But just meanwhile, it's my place that I want to drag out all the little stories that we find in here, all the little pieces of good stuff, of gospel stuff. As far, hey, I just read you the gospel in Joshua. <laughs> Most people say that the gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I just showed you the gospel way back in the Old Testament. People say, oh, I'm a New Testament Christian. I just showed you the gospel in Joshua, Old Testament. Can we do this? Do you think we can do this, guys? I think we can. Husbands, I want you to go to your wives, and uh, if you haven't been sh- giving yourself for her, j- just go and ask her to forgive you. Wives, if you have not been submitting to your husbands, if you've been contentious with him, you've been fighting with him, you've been trying to take over because you consider in your mind that he's just a, he's just not capable of running things as good as you, and so you've got to take over, and you have not been submitting to him, you might want to ask him to uh, forgive you too. I think there's a lot of forgiveness on both sides can be done. Men need to start getting up and being men. 
Go out and sacrifice yourself for your wives. Give yourself for her. Get up off your tail and go get a job. If you're not, (laughs) go do what you got to do. And guys, the only reason I said that is because there's a lot of guys that are just kind of chilling out, sleeping. They're not really giving themselves for the wives, at least in the financial aspect. But also your wife needs love. You need to come home and love her. Don't come home and spend it working on the car, hiding out in the garage, trying to get away from her, or running around with your friends, acting like a goofball. It's time to grow up. You know, by age 30, you're supposed to stop sucking your thumb. You're supposed to do adult things. And this is part of it. Give yourself for your wife. Mature. Mature. Wives, this term out now called toxic masculinity. You need to put that away. It's dangerous. It's ungodly. It's out of order. Submit to your husbands and you watch what happens. Oh, well, he's not a believer. He's never going to. You do it anyway. And God says it will win him. You want to win your husband? Submit. And I know some bulletproof women who who are believers who have been submitting to an unbelieving husband for years. And I pray for them. And I am in awe watching them. What they're doing is tremendously godly. You can do it. You can do it. This isn't about you. It's about the lost watching. It's about the lost watching. Again, Jesus gave himself before we were ready to submit to him. Aren't you glad he did it? Husbands, do the same thing for your wives, even if they won't submit to you. Wives, love your husbands, even if they are not giving themselves for you. It's very godly. Jesus did that for us. You couldn't be saved if he hadn't. Father, I thank you for today for this. Wow. Othniel and Oxa here in Joshua 15 is such a powerful story, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for anybody who's struggling with this message today. They they don't like it. It, it, it sounds too feminist or it sounds too not or whatever. God, I don't know the terms and I don't care. Lord God, forgive us for thinking wrongly about you and getting out of order. Lord, I ask you that many people that whoever have heard me say this, that I, well, you will you will hit them with the power of your word to penetrate and divide and get in there. Holy Spirit of God, convict and show us the error of our ways. Show us where we need to repent and correct and get right before you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming before a, for a bunch of people that never originally cared about you. You died for sinners. You died for people who mocked you. You died for people who nailed you to a cross. Forgive us, Lord God. I ask you, Lord God, for anybody who's wondering, maybe it's time I really gave myself to you. Maybe they're just now discovering how wonderful you truly are, Lord God. Let me pray on behalf of them, and I want you to pray if you agree with me. Father, I messed up. I sinned. I blew it. And um, I'm sorry. And I want to get right with you. And so I give you my life. Take it and show me how to do right. Show me how to get in order. Bless my life, Lord God. Bless my marriage. Give me those springs of water. And thank you that I don't have to earn it because I don't think I can. I know I can't. Lord, I want to be yours. And I want to be right. I want to be pleasing to you. Thank you for your tender heart towards me. I give you my life. And thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making the way to the Father so that I can even ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.